Hi, and welcome to the Which Decade is Tops for Pops Express Results Bulletin. Uh, we decided that what we do going forward is shave off the preamble from the main podcast and put it into an episode of its own so that new listeners can jump straight to the new tracks in each episode. And if you're not that fussed about knowing about the results, all you care about is hearing the new tracks, you, you can do that. So we're going to aim to get this released as soon as we can after the voting deadline and then the main episode will come along a couple of days after that. I have the results from episode six in front of me. They divide interestingly. Clearly there were four tracks that most people liked and two tracks that most people didn't like. So there is a very big gap in scores between the top four and the bottom two. This meant that the meh zone was in a constant state of flux all the way through to the final two sets of votes. Realistically, you could sum up the last episode with the phrase, the meh zone. It, the entire thing was the meh zone, wasn't it? It was the week of meh. This was actually my favourite week. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. Seriously, this was my favourite week. I've come round to all six of these tunes to a greater or lesser degree. I can't remember any of them. <laughs> It's our diversity that gives us our strength. So, in last place, and it's in last place by the merest of whiskers, it is You Don't Own Me, Grace featuring g Easy. That earns minus one point for the 2010s. Now, we've had a bumper crop of comments this time. This pleases me greatly. So thanks very much to everyone who supplied them. And we've had a particularly large number of comments about You Don't Own Me. So I'm going to read them out in descending order of enthusiasm. Jeff said, love the production and the bass rattled car speakers. Understanding this song as a conversation with Say Grace and Renter Rapper works for me. Astor said, better vocals than Leslie Gore. I moved it down from the top spots because of the superfluous G-Eazy intro. I can accept the mid-song rap because of the lyric change that follows. It's just a fantastic song. Centuries of Sounds, or James, as his friends call him, he said, Reimagining this Leslie Gore track is fundamentally a great idea, and in my opinion, the rap sections work fine. Unfortunately, it just all falls apart at the chorus, as keeping it so faithful just makes you wonder what the point is. That was the comment that leapt out of me on all the ones about Say Grace. I thought he absolutely nailed that. Now, Mark speaks for the silent majority when he says... The overwhelming awfulness of G-Eazy has the power to destroy any song, even one as monumental as this. A lot of listeners will be nodding along with Mark there. I said that I agreed completely with Centuries of Sound. I actually agreed with Mark about G-Eazy. But yeah, the idea, the concept of the song I thought was all right. But yeah, G-Eazy is unforgivable. I would like to test that theory by getting him to do like the I see a little silhouette of a man bit from the middle of Bohemian Rhapsody or something like that, just to see if it is true that he can ruin anything. <laughs> That's a fine idea. Somewhere in America, as we speak, G-Eazy will be working on that track in his leather jacket, looking unconvincing. You know what Brian May and Roger Taylor are like? I mean, they'll go with anything. They got, <laughs> was it five on We Will Rock You? They would totally get G-Eazy on Bohemian Rhapsody. So this puts Shurs one by one into the meh zone. James said, never a fan of Sher and no idea what she is doing, making this 80s soft rock in 1996. However, I'm kind of astonished to find that I somehow love this. And James put it first. 
I was also astonished by the fact that James loved this. And I don't know James, but reading that, I, I nearly fell off my chair. And my chair was the toilet, so it could have been really bad. <laughs> I'm going to give James a plug here. His project, Centuries of Sound, he does these incredible detailed very well researched and interesting mixes of tunes from different eras it's, it's amazing stuff you can lose yourself in it there you are james i've given you a plug and one other comment from jeff who said it sounds more out of date than any of the other tunes this week as your commenter said it was out of date in 1996 wasn't it that was the point really yeah thing is i've come around to this we went down the pub one Friday night a couple of weeks ago and we met a friend and we invited him back for a bit of kitchen supper and while my partner was preparing the kitchen supper I played the episode playlist we were semi-drunk at that stage on the higher side of semi-drunk I would say turns out shares one by one is fantastic dancing around the kitchen kitchen disco stuff we were punching the air singing along my friend really liked it. He did some voting. He put sure seconds. I wonder about specifically g Easy. You know, let's say it takes 10 years for things to percolate. Will you look back and go, ah, oh, yeah, they actually were on to a thing? Because there are records that I listen to at the moment from sort of the early noughties, late 90s, that at the time I was like, oh, God, that was awful. Share Believe is one of them I thought was terrible at the time. And now I look back and go, oh, you know, that, that sound, that was bold and challenging. g Easy. In 15 years' time, will he have percolated? And will I be going, oh, do you know what? They were getting it right, actually. It's impossible to know because the stuff that survives from every era is usually not the stuff that you think will survive. The cool stuff usually dates. The stuff that's perceived as naff at the time weirdly persists. In this coming episode that we're about to do, there's a really good one of those i think that at the time i was completely oh whatever and now i'm like on board waving the flag for little teaser for you there loyal listeners right now as i say there is a huge jump in the scores at this point as the remaining four tracks jostle to make the top three but just missing out by a mere one point it is madonna's hung up we've had loads of comments on this one as well so Asta says this is peak Madonna. Confessions on a Dance Floor is her best dance album. Yes, the most prominent feature is the ABBA keyboard line, but in truth, I like this better than Gimme Gimme Gimme, which is a plea for a man after midnight, while hung up is the realisation that this woman isn't waiting any longer. Jeff says, you can't mark this down because they picked a great sample. That's part of the skill with these types of tunes. And Malcolm the Break Doctor on the similar tip says, Still sounds great. And being a lover of hardcore, got to love a quality sample. However, the praise was not universal. As Alex says, a query on the use of the term sample, which, as I understood it, took a great hook from somewhere and built on it to create something new. Here, ABBA plays until the one minute and one second mark. It's not a sample. It's a rewrite of something that didn't need to be rewritten, even if it does produce a very danceable result. So lack of consensus on the sampling there. It's the great paradox of that song that we all sort of lingered on last time about. Um, look, what Break Doctor says, I'm really into the rave scene, um, similar stuff to Break Doctor, and so much of it is heavily sampled. 
but then those are the tracks that divide people. You know, there's uh, DJ SS does a sort of remix of the theme tune to Love Story. Dun, 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 dun. It's just an entire sample, but that it just falls on the right side of things for me. DJ Hype does a remix of, um, and it is credited as a remix of Ready or Not by the uh, Fugees. And I'm just like, well, I'd just as soon listen to the Fugees. You know what I mean? I thought Joris made a really good point. Sonically, the sampling is very well done. Technically, it sounds smooth. It sounds rich. It sounds on point with the rest of the track. So I think sonically it's well done. It's just whether or not you think it was worth doing, I guess. I think the difference between the samples on, say, a hardcore track, which completely repurposed the original, and the sampling on Hung Up, is that the sampling on Hung Up sounds pretty much just like it did on Abba's Gimme, 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 just with a bit more of a thumping beat behind it. Takes a disco banger and turns it into a disco banger. Yeah, where's the art in that? In cinema parlance, they would call it a requel, which is what they have started terming films that are simultaneously a sequel and a remake so if you think like the force awakens to use a modern term the top gun maverick film so they Mm. essentially do the same thing again even though it's technically a sequel to the first one and that's how you could maybe look at this that's well argued brings it to a new generation of people yes this is where it starts getting really complicated because just one point ahead of madonna two tracks polled the same number of votes. So I deployed the tie-break rule that I used before, and I counted up the number of preferences for one track over the other. This should have been okay, as we had an odd number of votes, but wouldn't you just know it? One voter put both of these two in the Met zone, so it was still even Stevens. So what I did, half an hour before the voting deadline passed, I contacted this person, and I asked them politely to state their preference. They got straight back to me. They had no trouble doing so whatsoever. Their preference was very clear. So in third place, earning one point for the 1970s, it's We Do It by R&J Stone. James says, very pleasant, even lovely. Ultimately, a bit of a genre exercise, but never mind. Also very happy to hear Kevin Ayers mentioned. James, we are now friends for life. Deal with it. Alex says, never heard it before and admittedly approached it with my love duets going to my room 101 head on, but very lovely. And Asta says, there was a time when 70s smooth pop made me want to break things. It was just so mellow. Yuck. The lyrics on this are not filthy. They're ridiculous. Doesn't matter. This has great voices, a lovely melody, and is loaded with sincerity. My favourite bit of all of that is the power of the person who had them both in the mezzone suddenly getting through it there, Kingmaker. Like, yeah. oh, that's imagine that. What he didn't tell you, Trev, is that the person in the mayor's who cast that vote was Russell Stone. <laughs> <laughs> he had he had his song in fourth place, but he bumped it up to third. Okay, right. In second place, earning two points for the 1960s, it's Let's Hang On by the Four Seasons. James says, anyone making a fairly boilerplate Motown pastiche with some unusual production choices has found the key to my heart. So it's probably a bad sign that I like this but don't love it. While Alex says, I know the chorus is Neoworm, but I hadn't appreciated just how great the verses are as well. Just wall-to-wall joyousness all the way through. This leaves 
our clear winner for this week. It was ahead of the pack from a very early stage in the voting. I'm delighted to say that the three points go to Sophia George for the 1980s with Girly Girly. This means for, for the third time in six rounds, that's 50% of the time, the 1980s have won again. James says... It can be difficult to get past the sound of late 80s reggae, but after a few listens, I was fully converted. Alex simply says, isn't it so incredibly well sung? Mark says, this one has never been out of favour for me. I think at the time I was an evening Radio 1 listener, and this was the first song to go from John Peel and Janice Long fave to actual pop hit. Then Mark adds a side note. Side note, he says. I'm very much against describing something like this as reggae light. I feel that just reinforces the rockist idea that the genuine version of any form of music is the grumpy bloke version. Boo to that. It's not a bad point. I'm kind of with Mark, actually. There's a danger of something as a female vocal. Does that make it light? I mean, it's so much my favourite reggae. It's female vocalists. I know I sound like I'm justifying myself here, and I'm about to. I did say when I was saying reggae light, my first reference was musical youth, who are a boy band. It wasn't a sexist term uh, when I imagined it. Well, I'm going to slightly undercut what I just argued there, because... I can report back. I said I was going to play Girly Girly out last Friday night. I played Girly Girly out. Now, I sandwiched it between Gloria Jones with the original version of Tainted Love. And yes, you can beat mix them together. But I went from it into Peter Andre, Mysterious Girl. <laughs> Rhythm come forward. Completely demolished my own argument there. I had a very unlikely conversation with a friend of mine who's a bit older than me, Scottish Glaswegian guy that I've known for years. And we were in the pub and I was telling him about the podcast. And he said, well, what songs did you do? And I said to him, oh, Sophie George, girly, girly. And he went, I flash it around the worldie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I mean, music is not something we ever talk about in the pub. And I was like, okay, that was somewhat unexpected. If you know it, you know it. We can feed those results into the master scoreboard and I can report back the following positions. So (laughs) back in last place, descending from the dizzy heights of fifth equal last time, it's the 2010s with one point. Sticking at fifth place and claiming the position all to themselves, the 1990s have two points dropping from third equal last time to fourth this time it's the 2000s with four points hanging on at third position is the 1970s with five points then sticking at number two and this is even though they've had more winners than any other decade it is the 1980s with eight points two points ahead of them still at number one the 1960s you will notice that the three oldest decades occupy the top three positions in the leaderboard. Does this confirm that well-worn old cliche that pop music ain't like it used to be? I'm worried. Right, well, that's a wrap on our inaugural Express Results Bulletin. We'll be along with the main episode a couple of days after we publish this one. Uh, Just a little minor teaser for episode seven. As two of the songs are collaborations, we've actually got eight acts that we'll be dealing with in episode seven. Now, 
those eight acts are all really well known. They've all had significant and prolonged chart success. Looking at the other episodes, this is our most star-studded lineup to date. I think musically, this lot is certainly the best of the last few weeks we've had by quite a way. There's some absolute tunes. I hope that has whetted your appetite. See you on the other side. Bye for now.